Hey, Mariana, um, how are you? Uh, great to have you here on this uh, Nine Dots podcast. So for everyone that's listening, if you can just, you know, tell them a little bit about yourself, how you started into photography, and yeah, while you're on this podcast, that'd be amazing. Hi, Rahul, and uh, to everyone who's listening to this, um, I, I feel uh, very grateful to um, to having me here um, because I saw other interviews that you, you did with other professional photographers and uh, you know I compared to them I feel so little and having so little followers so thank you once again um, for having me here and um, yeah so I'm Marianne um, I'm one of the persons behind the camera of Fox Visual Collectors um, and I'm Portuguese I was born and raised in Portugal and I live and uh, I was educated in the most western environment but uh, being part of an Asian family, you needed to to have, uh, you know, to conquer, accomplish in your life a big job title. And I ended up uh, having a background as uh, an engineer. But art was always my passion, um, even though I, I wasn't uh, being supported in that topic. And, uh, you know, with time... Uh, you start to have other responsibilities and, and um, there was a lot of accumulation of frustration because I felt as a, I feel that I'm a restless person in general and um, I was trying to deal with that as in the best way possible by myself but uh, I figured out that I started to suffer from anxiety and depression and one of the biggest changes in my life was during a trip that I made uh, in Asia. So I needed to buy a compact camera and just to record, just capture all the moments that I would just have um, in my life. And when I went back to Portugal, to my home country, um, I started, it was, it came very natural, naturally. Um, I started to take photos of myself. Um, because I needed to express uh, more and more. I couldn't hold things to myself. And I use um, social media as my diary. So the words I was writing were the pictures um, in a very vulnerable and honest way possible. And I think many people started to follow me because of that. Um, looking back, um, I, I think I, it took me a lot of courage uh, to do so but uh, at the time I felt it was just a normal way to express myself so we started with self-portraits and then I ended up having inquiries from other people and uh, it led to, to weddings um, in a nutshell that's it oh nice so you started with self-portraits and then and then you and then you came into weddings so which is obviously well kind of similar with like obviously we do all do portraits at weddings but you know it's, it's very two di very different things like how do you find doing weddings after coming from like you know doing a self-portrait background yeah um i think um portraits and and um, portraits photography and wedding photography um are kind of connected uh you know i use most of the skills that I learned before are used in weddings. But uh, let's say that uh, in the beginning, when, when I started to, to, 
to photograph weddings. Uh, it was a time, was the, the most joyful moment in my life because I met my He's also one of the persons behind the cameras. Uh, he's a, my partner in personal and pro professional life. And at that time, I had a conflict with myself because I was getting better um, mentally, but my creativity was decreasing because at that time, I thought that to be in order to be creative, you needed to be sad because normally when you you you, you go through sad moments, you kind of need to express yourself, you know. And I thought that to be creative was just that. But after meeting Mess and uh, being uh, in the best moment in my life, um, and while he was lifting me uh, and uh, lifted all the best on me, um, I started to see creativity in another way. So I needed to switch my mindset, you know. And I started to cover weddings um, just to, you know, just to capture all the love, not only the love itself, but mainly love, the love stories of the couple. So let's say that to be creative is, in order to be creative, uh, is, it is needed to be said that I think that's a fallacy. Uh, you can still be creative by stimulating yourself in different ways. You can go to concerts, uh, you can listen to a lot of music or see a lot of movies, even trips or even talk with strangers or even talk. I'm, I'm Right now I'm talking with you, Rahul, and I feel that's inspiring for me. Amazing. So with, um, you know, what, what do you like with weddings, for example, what, what do you enjoy the most about weddings when you're when you're shooting them? I feel that um, what I enjoy the most is to connect with people. Uh, I, I feel that spend, I spend most of the time talking with people. And um, sometimes when I came back from a, a big wedding, um, normally I catch, I'm quite selective person. So normally I end up just review all the photos. Like normally I take a thousand or twelve hundred pictures because I think it's also important to connect with a couple um, especially when they're very intimate with each other only the bride and the groom um, I enjoy to do that as well and also during the parties I like I, I like to blend with the guests um, and just capture all the spontaneous moments so canning moments as well yeah so how, how do you, you know, connect with the couples so you can like, you know, get into their intimate space and stuff like and make them feel good about themselves? You know, do you learn about them yeah. from before or or like, yeah, tell us what, what do you do? Yeah, normally it's before. Uh, so I do the first consultations. Um, normally it can be in a virtual meeting or even in person uh, just to in a more casual conversation like we're having right now, just take a coffee and just feel. Uh, so I do normal, you know, very easy, easy questions about how they met each other, their love story. And I'm very observant and insightful person. So by letting them speak, uh, I can get a lot of information, a lot of details and know each other's personalities. 
And I even question them what uh, what what are the their favorite songs, for instance, so I get some inspiration. Um, and I can use those details to do some research. Um, also, you know, even we, movies that they they see, um, I, I I ask a lot of questions so I can get that information and start the research process. Okay, fair enough. It's funny because like listening to these podcasts or ask or interviewing in the last few weeks, a lot of people, you know, uh, photographers have been getting well they've been saying that they really get to know their couples and stuff like that which is something that like i basically don't do i mean i get to know them as people because you know we connect on social media or we um or they whatsapp me and they ask me questions and stuff and i help them with their wedding process but i don't actually get to know them too much apart from what i see they put up on instagram or facebook or wherever so Yes, it's it's quite refreshing to hear so many people actually connect with couples. I used to think that oh, that's something I should do. Maybe well, when I first started, I thought that's something that you know I should do because that's what people that were educating in the in the photography space was telling me to do. But now, um, I realized I don't know as I became better and better and started improving in my photography. Like I don't actually need to connect with couples. Sometimes nowadays, I don't even know who they are until I get to the wedding day. And sometimes I've even photographed the wrong person on the wedding day. I photographed like I remember the the sister once thinking she was a bride and like I don't know why I just went into the room and started photo- taking photos. I didn't even ask the question of like hey how's it going like it was uh, I was in a different zone. But now obviously I go straight away with like hey how's it going. I don't even take my cameras into the bridal prep room. I first just come in and see how everyone's doing, get, get to meet them, and then after that I bring the cameras into the room. So yeah, it's nice to hear a different perspective, you know, about getting to know your couples. It's just that. For me, and I don't know anyone else that's listening that would want to know, but like, I don't know what to do with that information. Like, if I know they like certain music or like they like certain films or they just like doing certain things, like, I don't know what to do with that information. Like, what what do you do with it? You know? Yeah. Um, actually, while you we were speaking, uh, in the future, I would love to be, you know, as bold as you are, um, because I don't know what happens with you. Whole, but uh, every photo shoot, uh, I'm I always have that uh, nervous side um, until I start to, you know, to explore and photograph. So I think in the future, uh, I would like to be as bold as you are. And uh, and uh, answering your question, um, you know, I imagine that I remember there were couples saying that um, normally I ask. Uh, the bride and of course the the spouse. What are the three best things uh, that they like um, from the other person? And for instance, if the bride really likes the the hands or the the spouse touching on her on her hair or you know those small details, I, I know that I'm going to capture that because after the wedding um, and the wedding can be quite stressful for them. And by seeing the final result, um, it just gives another perspective. You know, oh, my gosh, I saw that feature. Your hand looks really, really nice. It's something that I really like. So it is with that kind of information that I use. Um, And also with with songs and and movies or other information that I have, I, I, I cannot explain. Explain these with words because my mind is very 
uh, restless. I'm, I'm thinking like a thousand things at the same time. But I kind of create, with that information, I create um, my own story. So I use a couple story, but I, use, I also use some part of myself to complete the whole story. Does it make sense? Yeah, totally. Which is actually a good answer because like it leads nicely onto like, you know, obviously telling stories. So how do you go about telling stories about yourself, you know, with your self portraits and yeah, like just explain your process please as well. Like how you, how you, how you take these photos, like how do you take your self portraits? I'd love to know how you even set it up and like, you know, say you see somewhere with a beautiful light and you're like, Oh, this is really cool. And I, and I like, this would explain me, like, like explain me to people when I take this photo, you know, like, so how, how do you, how do you go about your whole process? Like with self portraits? Oh, uh, it's, it, it's, um, it's difficult to explain. Um, I think, um, I think there's, um, first of all, um, I don't, I don't uh, spot like, you know, the best, perfect, beautiful location. It can be even your bathroom. For instance, um, I remember I took, um, or even IKEA. I remember I took a self-portrait in, in the middle of my my shoppings, and I was quite bored, and I was, you know, just playing around with the vases. And I accident, not accidentally, but I just decided to put my the vase, the IKEA vase, in my head and just take a picture while okay. I was, uh, yeah, it's just. You know, just have fun. Um, but um, you know, it it, it comes for from external uh, experiences. I think my unconscious side, um, when it triggers a smell or something visual or just listening to a certain type of song, uh, it unconsciously triggers me, and I remember what I saw in a movie. Um, or what I listened before, or even like a story that I had uh, by listening to strangers. I, I really like to talk with people and to know their stories. Um, I also like to to be open to receive external uh, inputs. Um, just um, just go to museums or you know just experience stuff. And I think it starts with all those. Just trigger your five senses. And um, and then the inspiration just comes naturally. Um, I remember there was a, in the beginning of my self-portraits, um, I remember it was the first time that I traveled alone. So I was in the middle of nowhere and I had like the cheapest tripod ever. <laughs> and um, I think it was that time, it was still a Canon camera. And it was like, yeah, it was the compact camera that I bought the trip to Asia. So I didn't have the connection to my cell phone. So basically to take self-portraits, I needed to count mentally. Uh, has, uh, my, my mind was my timer. Imagine that. So I remember in that road, there was a lot of cars passing by. And I was counting mentally. It was like a 10, 9, 8, okay. Do one, do the pose. Um, so I started like that. Looking back, I feel a little bit stupid because probably I was doing ridiculous poses. But, um, you know, 
just be bold and show yourself, express yourself to the world. Don't be ashamed of anything. Yeah, that's cool. Like, so do you take your self-portraits? I know this is such a boring question, like, and not <laughs> deep at all, but like, do you take it with your mobile phone then? Or do you just take it with, or do you set it up a tripod and camera and everything now? So, or, or do you do a mix uh, of both, you know? I would say uh, that I use more my camera. Um, uh, I really enjoy to use, uh, by the way, Fujifilm. Um, uh, I had I had other cameras, but I, I use a lot of Fujifilm. And I use it for most of my self-portraits. I would say that um, 80% is with the camera and 20% is with the cell phone. Uh, when, for instance, I don't have my camera nearby. But currently, uh, since I started uh, dating my partner, uh, he's taking more and more. He's enjoying to take more photos of of uh, of me. So. Oh, okay, cool, cool. So like, you get someone just, else to take uh, pictures of you as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Oh uh, yeah. Well, it's always handy to have someone else take photos of you. So you know, I always <laughs> wonder because like a lot of people do self portraits and. I just wonder, like, do they sit there set, setting up a tripod, then exposing some kind of object or something, you know, and getting gaining focus and then putting on self-timer and then do they run into that space and then just pray that it's going to be, you know, in focus? I've always yeah. wondered what people do, you know. Yeah, uh, when you're, uh, at, at least my, my experience is just um, uh, at the time it was just counting mentally, um, you know, because I couldn't see what I was capturing. Um, what I was getting, but uh, after that, you know, just connect. Nowadays, you have, you know, all this, this kind of technology where you can connect to your cell phone and see what you're going to get uh, just with a, a simple tripod. Um, and yeah, just focus in yourself and express yourself. Um, just, uh, yeah, I think that's that's it. Nice. So what what are like, you know, some of the challenges you face, you know, as like, because obviously you're such a good creative with like with everything that you show on your Instagram and, and I've seen on your website and stuff. So like, what challenges do you face as like a creative and, you know, how do you overcome them? Uh, um, I would say, I would say follow, follow more your gut. Um, as I, I told you before, I'm very, uh, I'm a very insightful person, and before I, I would just say yes to everything, and everyone, and even though I was, my guts were saying another thing, um, but uh, with 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 experience and time, I started to follow more my gut. Um, so the other thing is, if you have the need to to say no, just say it. You know, because I think in photography, as photographers, we we also need to have the a good match between you and the couple or the people that you're going to photograph. Um, I think you need to work as a team, otherwise it's going not going to work well or as good as possible. So normally I I say no if I think it's not what you're trying to to find uh, with my work and I advise my other fellow photographers look um, I have this couple I think um, they you have a better style a better match so why not and 
that's with, with the rest is with my other fellow photographers yeah that's good i mean i do exactly the same thing if if i feel like someone's not a good fit for me and they they need someone else and if i can think of someone in my head that i'm like oh this this is a better fit for them then i'm like why don't you just inquire with them instead because i think they'll be a better fit um because mm-hmm. yeah you got to listen to your gut i mean like everyone when we first start out or i started out anyway i definitely took on everything that if anyone wanted to book me like I'd be like yeah I'll take that booking because every booking was like a blessing right you're like yes uh, you know so grateful for them like to put their trust in you but then after a while it turns out that there are some people that just they see what they want to see but then they don't see everything else and then you realize that Mm -hmm. you're not on the same page and then actually turning them down I turn them down nicely I think I'd, I'd either recommend someone else or if I feel like it's just via email and it's got to a mm-hmm. point where I'm like, oh, I don't think we're going to get along. I just say, oh, you know, I'm really sorry, but unfortunately your date just got booked yesterday <laughs> or something. And I'll just tell them <laughs> like, you know, but then here's a couple of alternatives and I just move them off that way. Cause, yeah, yeah, because I, otherwise, otherwise you're going to have a big headache in the end of, of the day. And if you need to avoid it, um, I think it's the best, you know. Yeah, yeah yeah there's not there's exactly you're just going to create so much more work for yourself and also like you know just someone leaving a bad review or anything you just don't want that it's just better to turn it down it's yeah think, exactly yeah it's it, i don't know it's a strange one it's a strange and one the, and and um uh, i remember also i remember when i was still in the portraits uh you know it's at that time it was just a hobby and another lesson that i learned was to to provide a contract i don't know if you do that rahul but uh i i always do that a contract just to protect both parties i think you know just um it's more honest and more transparent for both sides to just have an agreement i guess um yeah yeah no totally like you have to have a contract in place um Mm -hmm. i have a wedding agreement as well i don't like to call it contract yeah i'll call it a wedding agreement i yeah I don't think any of my clients actually read the wedding agreement. Um, there's so many things in there that like, you know, but it is, it's written well, it's done by a solicitor, like both parties are protected or whatever. But for me, the wedding agreement or whatever is literally the worst case and last case scenario I'd ever mention the wedding agreement. Yeah. I'd be like, oh, this is what it is. So, you know, you better stick to it. Like I would never, I've so far touch wood, you know, in this whole career of mine doing weddings, I haven't ever needed to say oh but you have to pay the final balance because it's in your wedding agreement or you have to do this it's in your wedding agreement i think like once you mention wedding agreement or contract to a couple then you've effectively killed your relationship with that couple like that's how i feel you know like if you had any good feelings with those that couple the minute you the minute you start saying stuff like that it turns all business um and then yeah your relationship with them is effectively over and then that's it you know so um, oh, yeah. that's that's uh, that's curious because I always provide, um, you know, after all the formalities, that's uh, the last thing that uh, that we we say the the wedding agreement. And um, so far, uh, we didn't have any problems. Um, um, even even couples, we are still, you know, they they turn into friends. I still uh, we we still talk with each other. So. I feel that it's a blessing, but of course, it's something, you know, when you hear wedding agreement or contract, it's something a little bit scary. Um, but I say to them, look, uh, 
we like to work, this, this is one of our policies, um, we like to work as transparent as possible. So everything, um, er, both parties are uh, aligned uh, this, in this, you know, in this service that we are providing. Because I had, I already had a, a bad experience and I didn't want to repeat again. Yeah, no, 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 that's fair enough. I mean, it was nothing, it was nothing related to weddings, um, but it was a, a lesson learned, you know, because yeah. I, I can, I can share. So basically it was a person that really enjoyed my portraits. Um, and at, at the time we were sharing uh, the vision for the photo shoot. And then I said, look, um, are you, are, are you comfortable comfortable enough to be naked uh, in front of me? You know, because I want to respect uh, always uh, the person that I'm going to photograph. And she said at the time she read everything is okay. And in person, like she was very comfortable. And when she received the final result, um, she she started to hesitate a little bit, and it ended ended up by not allowing me to share uh, those photos uh, to the public. So if I was a a, a deep person, let's say, uh, I would, you know, we have the copyrights uh, in the end of the day. So I could do anything with those pictures, but I didn't do that. And by saying that, I wasted a lot of time by doing the research to be creative, to a lot of things, you know, also to spending time to go to the location and uh, hours talking with the person. And I couldn't share um, that my artwork to, to the public. Um, so it was a lesson learned for me. Yeah. No, I totally, I totally get that. Like what, why you would have the contract like that. I do have a contract. Every single one of my couples, by the way, do sign a contract. It's just, once they sign it, I, I think I'm one of these people. Once we do the, like, I, I'm very uncomfortable with talking about money and I'm very uncomfortable about talking about wedding agreements. So to me, I think like my wedding agreement, you know, it's like, like I said, I forget about it. So it's, it's, it's like a break glass in case of emergency scenario. You know, that's the only reason I would ever need to use my wedding agreement. So every couple does sign it. It's just mm -hmm. that I never bring it up. Even if they like, you know, I've, I've had a couple of issues with couples in the past, but I've luckily being able to smooth it over without needing to use my wedding agreement and be like hey but in my wedding agreement it says this this and this you know yeah. so like <laughs> yeah. I've never had to do that you know and, and I've had the same situation as well where like you know um everyone's like in my wedding agreement it says if you don't want uh your photos on social media then you let me know but it's going to be like an additional fee of 500 pounds like I'll charge them for it because mm -hmm. you know that's my marketing tool so i need i need those photos and no one's ever read it but i've had a couple of people say oh you know what rahul we really we're private people i know you put a lot of stuff on instagram and stuff like that but can you not post about our wedding and then like you say yeah i'm not going to be a dick about it i'm not going to say oh yeah but you know my wedding agreement it's it's like 500 pounds extra if you yeah. wanted to do that route i'm, I'm not going to do that you know like they love me they like had a great time with me i know they're going to recommend me to everyone so I let it slide and I'm like, look, okay, that's fine. You know, and I won't put it on social media and I won't charge it mm -hmm. 500 pounds. It's just that like, yeah, it, it's the know. same. It's the same uh, with me. Uh, you know, uh, in the end of the day, it's our portfolio. Those pictures, those images are going to be our portfolio for our future weddings. Um, 
But uh, I also had a couple saying, look, um, uh, I, I'm, I'm a private person. We are private uh, people. We, if you don't mind just to change uh, here in the wedding agreement, saying that, uh, you know, we don't want, we don't wish to, to be posted on social media or uh, in your website. And it's like, that's fine. I need to respect that. Um, so it is what it is. But of course, you know, in the future, uh, probably they're going to recommend to other people. So that's that's more rewarding than not allowing us to post on social media. And I respect it. Yeah, no, that's cool. Like, what, um, oh, I totally lost my train of thought about that, which was, um, you know, like, yeah, so what, um, ah, no, no. This is a good thing. This is why I love editing, by the way. At least I can edit all of this out and it makes it sound like, oh, that was such a perfect podcast. <laughs> it's like, you know, <clears throat> we can take all of this stuff out. Um, oh, we were talking about like, so, oh yeah. So with social media, is that where you get most of your inquiries from? Like if, on your bookings or inquiries? Yeah. Ah, start again. Rahul, you're such an idiot. Okay. <laughs> told you I'm not professional. <laughs> I told no, you. No, that's the best thing. I, yeah. I, I, I'm enjoying. Okay, cool. Um, so, is social media where you get most of your client inquiries and work from, or is it through referrals and from past clients? Um, I think most uh, most of the weddings are word to mouth, um, and also, and then um, let's say that. Uh, Using using numbers, uh, let's say that social media slash platforms, wedding platforms are the major. Um, it's where we 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 have most of the weddings, and and then it's like word to mouth, and after that, wedding planners. I would say, isn't it so naive if I say this that uh, when I started weddings, I never imagined that. To have, you know, more inquiries, you also needed to have uh, a good network. I didn't know that. Yeah, so I, I mean, was quite naive. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's. I think like, I mean, you you can't put all your eggs in one basket when it comes for inquiries. You know, I think you just have to have your social media going well. You then also have, like, yeah, a good network. Then also you know and network with other vendors and suppliers or whatever you know exactly. I, I get i get more inquiries i don't get any wedding inquiries through planners like it's so rare the only time i get inquiries really? through planners, yeah the only time i would get inquiries through planners is that because and the way i've been booked through planners is basically because the couple have said we want rahul and this is his email address this is his website can you please get him and book him for us that's the only way i've been booked so okay. I don't know. I, I do good things for the planners. It's that, but I don't know. Planners, I think they all have their little circles at the moment, mm. of what I can see, and then they don't want to allow anyone else in and they're happy with their working relationship, which I think is fair play as well. Like, you know, it's it's that's cool. Um mm-hmm. but yeah, I've no one's ever I get more inquiries via florists and the decor people than I do and, and caterers actually than I do mm-hmm. um planners. 
Oh, interesting. It's like uh, I'm pretty. Uh, we just launched this business photography business uh, last year, so we are always learning with others. Uh, so that's a, a, a good insightful moment to yeah. to have in mind as well. You know, also with your experience, you have a lot of experience for sure. So thank you for for sharing these with me. Yeah, no worries. I mean, I like. My 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 thing with weddings is obviously it's not about us; it's the client's day. But then exactly. you're at a wedding to do, you're at the wedding to do a job, so you're trying to do the best mm -hmm. for your job. But nowadays, especially with the way that social media is and everything, you, I I consider other things. So I do take a, probably a bit more of a longer time out to do some details of the flowers and everything. I do some details of the venue and everything. Like I don't show any of this stuff. Yeah, I don't put it on social media. I don't put it on my blogs. I don't put it on my website. You won't see any detail photos from me unless it has someone in it, like a person or hand or movement. But, and even then it's very rare for you to see any of that, but I mm -hmm. take it. And then when I go back, I'll edit them pretty fast and I'll just send it and be like, Hey guys, it was great working with you. Here's some images, do what you want with them. It's all good. Just like, if you can remember to tag me in them, that would be great. Then I'll repost it on my own social media. If you don't, anyway, it's all good. It was great working with you. See you at the next wedding you know mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. that's it and and from just from that you know yeah they, they remember me they're like oh my god no other photographer ever gives me photos this fast you know within two three days i always have to take my own and use my own photos because they know that the the even like just for us the hype of the wedding after the wedding is like the next two three days because then after that a lot of those guests will be like oh it's someone else's wedding that weekend coming up you know so they mm -hmm. want to start promoting their own stuff. So I try to edit them just as fast as I edit the previews for my clients. I edit yeah. uh, details, decor, whatever, like cake, whatever I think is a good vendor at that wedding. And I, and I just send it to them. And I'm like, I just put it all, I don't make it difficult for myself. I don't like categorize all of it. I just do like Dropbox details and put the name of the couple and I just shove it in there and then I just send it to everyone. And then they just mm -hmm. choose, pick and choose what they want because a cake person isn't going to start showing someone else's flowers and the flower person is not going to show the cake person yeah. stuff, you know? So uh, I just I just do it. Whatever's easiest, I just do it that way. So, you know. And are you the type of photographer that uh, when you end the wedding, the wedding photo shoot, you just go right away to the computer just wanting to see everything or just uh, you just take one or two days and then you start to review <laughs> everything? Yeah, so I mean, a lot of people that listen to this podcast will will know that I'm actually pretty fast at what I do. So, I generally, um, when I finish a wedding, I will back it up. Like I'm normally backing it up at the at the wedding venue myself, anyway. So I back everything up. Then, if I don't have a wedding the next day, I will come home and then I'll go through because for me, like especially doing Indian weddings. Any wedding, to be fair, there's there's always a template and there's a formula. And to pick like 10 good images, say for Instagram, is is not that hard. Like, I don't mm -hmm. think, you know, I, I know where the good moments are and I remember them. So everything's still in my head. So I just search for those moments. And even if it's like an off-cuff moment where it didn't happen during, you know, the planned part of the wedding, like, you know, it was just a bit of to the side. I'll still remember that moment. So I'll just pick that moment and I'll find it. So I edit like that. And I'll just search through like in contact sheet format um and i just go through and i just basically um yeah pick 10, 10 images and then send them as previews or put them on instagram and at the same time you know like details i've shot them all in order so like details are pretty much all together anyway so i just quickly mm -hmm. edit them and then i am fast in 
if I didn't have the wedding the next day, I would probably, but the wedding is on a weekend. By Monday morning, I would just call the wedding. And then by Tuesday, I would have the wedding edited and finished. Like, that's how fast yeah. I, 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 I Probably I you don't see, do, do, you, do you edit manually? Probably not. Yeah, 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 I do, I do. Er, er, do yeah, 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 yeah. I, I used AI. Okay. Um, I used AI, image and AI, like two years ago when I was like, I did a lot of weddings because I had so many postponements, and I just so happened that I did every single postponement. So I had like forty-two weddings or something. But mm -hmm. so I used AI to get me out of a bind. Then, but yeah, after that, no, I I, I edit everything myself. Yeah, yeah. Like I have my. I don't see the point in spending money, even if it's cheap, like fifty, sixty quid, uh, in using AI because it's. I shoot everything manual, so mm -hmm. manual, you know, like white balance, ISO, the works. Yeah, Even my yeah. flashes are all set to manual, you know, so everything is exposed exactly how I want it in my camera and how it should be. And then I know how my preset works to that exposure. So, like, AI to me is like using a really fancy preset. I, I have mentioned mm -hmm. this in a podcast before, like, if if Lightroom, which I reckon they could do, ever put the straighten auto straighten straight away into um into their like software that'd be amazing because that's the only bit of image and ai where i think is so good is the straighten bit when you're just a little bit tilting your camera by accident just because of the way mm -hmm. you're holding it but apart from that um yeah I, i edit everything manually so you know um i i come home with like roughly 10 to 12 000 images i'll cut it to 800 images And then, or to a thousand images, and then I'll edit the whole thing within like five hours the following day on a Tuesday, and then that wedding is done. So, yeah, yeah, it's, it's the same. Um, yeah, everything manually. I try to, to set every uh, as much as possible in the camera so I don't edit too much uh, in Lightroom or Photoshop, uh, just do a little, little corrections, and, uh, and that's it. But I take longer than, than what you do. A little bit, uh, yeah, not so fast as as you ruffle. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, is that uh, right? So you've only been doing weddings for like a year, right? I've been doing it for like ten. Yeah. So there's a big difference in how much love and attention and care I used to put in, and I've still put in the same amount, but slowly, slowly, I've understood what clients like look at in my gallery. So even if I send them 800 images, you know, they only love like 50 or 60. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know, that's come out wrong. I don't mean they only love. They love the whole gallery. The whole gallery looks consistent. Um, but then I guess my winning shots or the whatever I'd use for my portfolio is probably like, that's what I was meant to say. Yeah, so the, my winning shots or something like 50, 60, 70, which goes into their slideshow, they, they take a little bit more time to edit because I add a lot of linear gradients and stuff like that But and brushing. But the 90% of the gallery or 85%, is like just has my like has a basic edit you know and my yeah. basic edit i know my clients love so mm -hmm. they don't i don't think they see as much difference like between that and a, like a really good edit it's just that the really good edit just happens to have more colors or like something pops a bit more but it still mm -hmm. seems all if you viewed it as a whole gallery you can't tell i've spent extra time editing that extra edit if that makes sense yeah yeah It makes all the sense, and um, and especially uh, I, I saw a little bit of your portfolio. You cover a lot of Indian weddings, right? Yeah, yeah, I do. So it's like um, because it's one of our goals to one day just uh, cover a a big 
a big Indian wedding uh, for like three days in a row. <laughs> so what, uh, what are your best uh, advices for someone who's still starting? What, to try and get an Indian wedding or like how yeah, to get just, um, the, the The best, you know, five tips um, for a, a big wedding, uh, like an Indian wedding, you know. Oh, um, <laughs> I don't know. You know you, you because it can be, now. it can be, you know, by seeing your portfolio, there's a lot of colors and there's a lot of so many good moments that uh, it just like like I'm a photographer. I, I I'm just wishing for that type of weddings, <laughs> but yeah. it can also be quite uh, sometimes stressful, especially in a big wedding like that, isn't it? Yeah, I think like, look, I, I can't give you, I don't know, I can't think of five tips, but there are a couple of things. I mean, if you're ever going to photograph an Indian wedding, I think like, um, one is to like, I mean, and this goes, I guess, for all weddings, it's like slow down. Like, yes, there's moments happening everywhere, but you have to like pick your battles and focus on the moments that you want to capture and what you think will be important to that couple. So, for example, if there's two the mum and bride and groom's mum and dad's friends hugging somewhere in a corner, like, you know, they're having a moment, like it's all great, but like, I, I'm not going to rush to go capture that moment. Like I'm not going to run around the, the wedding, like a headless chicken trying to find all and capture all the moments that are happening around me. So one is to like really slow down pay attention to what you want to capture and what you need. Um, and then it's the, the good thing with Indian weddings compared to all other weddings is that, Everything happens twice at least. So you mm -hmm. have the, an opportunity to capture a moment. You're going to have two goes at it, no matter what. And if you're quick enough, you can get a safe shot and a creative shot from mm -hmm. like one part of the ceremony. So I'll give you an example. Like you've got oh, an easy example is like, which everyone knows, like at Indian weddings, it's like you go around the fire. But in the Indian wedding, you go around the fire four times. Three of those mm -hmm. times are exactly the same the last one could be different because basically the bride leads the groom or the groom leads the bride whichever happened for the other three the the last one is the reverse so you know you've got three goes just for like capturing three different photos of going around the fire you know mm -hmm. so you mm -hmm. can get like i always start with a safe shot then i go for something a bit more creative or I look at like, you know, there's people throwing flowers or something. So I look at where the more energy and the vibe is and how I want to capture that. So then that'll be in the second one. And if I don't get it on the second one, I'm like, man, I've, I should have tilted the camera or I did this or I could have shot through this. Then I've got a third go at it. So, you know, in your weddings in that sense, are, uh, I, I feel like, you know, they give you multiple opportunities to do that. And then your fourth, the fourth time they go around the fire, obviously, like I said, it's a bit different. So you might want to just go back to capturing that safely again up to you depending yeah. on how you want to feel and what your clients are expecting from your gallery i guess so mm -hmm. so yeah i think yeah. like slow down you get multiple times to take something it's and i think this is with experience but for me indian weddings and i know people find them like really like stressful and like fast-paced but i find them actually quite slow and like everything is like in like in the matrix like in bullet time <laughs> like i i can see everything happening you know so yeah, I, I would say that it's just like a slow, like, 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 but yeah, all weddings, like, just slow down. People, people rush yeah. around too much. They, like, they might take like 2,000 photos, but it could be 2,000 separate things. I take a lot of photos, but it's of the similar thing. 
just but I'm shooting through the moment to try and get the right moment. So how many how many photos do you like the average for one day, one full wedding day? What uh, one full wedding day? I would say ten to twelve thousand. Like images on my own, I shoot. Ten to twelve thousand. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, that's a lot. Yeah. So yeah, ten yeah. to ten to twelve thousand. But this is what I was saying, and I said this before as well. So it's like in another podcast it's like it seems like a lot but it's like 800 moments mm-hmm. or 900 moments yeah, yeah? that's all I, it is. I wish yeah i wish i could uh, take more uh, actually because sometimes i feel that i'm so selective that i come home and I just i end up like a thousand or 1200 photos so i need to yeah I need to to take a little bit more, I guess. I mean, it's funny because last week I was talking to another guest, Susanna, and her work is amazing. And she was just like, oh, I only take about a thousand per wedding. I'm like, oh, an Asian wedding. And it was like completely my jaw was on the floor um, <laughs> because I'm like, I don't understand how that's possible. And I still in my head can't think how that's possible, but it's possible for her and it works. And a lot of the times, you know, I always think I wish I could take less. And every year I go into the wedding season going, I'm going to take less photos this year. You've got to be selective, be selective. But then, <laughs> you know, the cameras, I, I have my camera shut on high speed, right? So mm-hmm. I, the minute I press the button, I'm taking four photos anyway. So, yeah. you know, it's it's always on high speed, high high speed. So, yeah. Just it's, put it's, in a me- medium, medium speed. Yeah. But then <laughs> I feel like, so like, and we talk about this a lot at nine knots is like, you know, there's like a moment curve and every moment starts at, at the beginning of a curve as at yeah. the bottom of the curve. Then it goes up, 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 like on the top of a hill. Then that's the moment that you want when you're at the top of the hill mm-hmm. to get that photo. And then it goes all the way back down to da, 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 down to the bottom of the hill. So it's going, you know, from the bottom of the hill to the top of the hill, which is the photo I want. And then goes back down to the bottom of the hill. And to get that moment, the precise one that I want might take 50 images in that one moment i'm not really move. i move the camera slightly maybe up down left right tilting just slight micro adjustments um mm-hmm. to like you know maybe something's intersecting the head or maybe the composition is just a bit out but just tiny tiny movement but generally it will take me that to get that one moment so why culling is like simple for me as well as like you know it's not ten thousand different things it's it's just 800 different things just a lot of images of the same thing so it's mm-hmm. yeah that that's that's how my brain works and even though if i've tried to slow it down it still works like the same way and it's why i still end up making the same amount of images <laughs> at every single <laughs> wedding and sometimes if not more because now i'm trying to get a bit more experimental or trying different things or different mm-hmm. lighting so my last two weddings i've actually walked out with fourteen thousand images and i'm like how is this possible like oh what are you doing? yeah but like i don't know I've, I've been trying different things i'm trying different light i'm trying different poses i'm just i don't know yeah. I'm having fun and unfortunately, yeah, exactly. the, fu- the fun is coming at a cost of the amount of images I'm coming home with. Um, so, you know, but it is what it is. Like, I know that once I go through it and cut it, you know, I've called those two weddings already. It's Monday morning, both those mm-hmm. weddings. I mean, I had yesterday off, so I woke up early today at five o'clock. Yeah. I've called one of the weddings and I woke up yesterday early before I went out with my kids and I called that wedding. So, you know, they're both sitting in Lightroom ready to be edited, which I won't do today. But, you know, that the stress is off of like, having to cut it uh, i get paranoid with like oh my god there's so many images so i've managed to back it all up and cut it and you know it's good so full speed rahul 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, thank you for for sharing this um, with me and also to 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 everyone that's listening to this podcast. And yeah. I, I I feel that I'm I'm now I'm the interviewer. Uh, yeah, yeah, I feel like the role is just reversed as well. It's so funny. It's like but the thing is, is that like, look, that what people have to understand that are listening is like, there is no right or wrong way. You know, like last week, Susanna proved mm -hmm. to me that there is a completely different way of only shooting 1200 images and providing 500 solid, beautiful photos for her client. And they love her and she's booked to go all around the world. She does amazing work. And it's just like, it's possible to do it that way as well. It's possible to mm -hmm. do it in many different ways. Is this yeah. is just it's, my way, which a lot of people also do, yeah. but you know. There's no no exact recipe. I think if it works for you or for other photographer, uh, that's fine, that's good. Um, yeah, there's no no exact uh, recipe. Yeah, exactly. So just just to like, you know, um, I guess uh, finish off and stuff, when you um and and going back to like the the self portraits, like have you got any ideas in mind for the future of the kind of portraits you want to do of yourself, or or or, or is it more like you know, like spur of the moment, like I'm in this mood or I'm in this feeling, and this is how you know um, I want to capture myself. So yeah, what what are your plans for more of them? Uh, I think in the future, um, actually, I I I deleted my my former account. Uh, because I feel that my followers were just seeing myself. And uh, since I launched my business, um, I think it would be nice to reset um, and just showcase um, photos of other people instead of myself, you know. So the future, yeah, the future is, is uncertain. I feel that um, the public is still going to see some of my pictures but not so often compared to to my past. Uh, I'm more focusing to take portraits of uh, portraits and also weddings um, instead of self portraits. I would say, but you're awesome. still going to see it. Yeah, yeah, I can't wait to see um, your what your work in the future. For yeah, and for anyone that's listening, obviously, as as per usual, I'm going to keep all the links in the description. So whenever you go to Spotify or Apple Music or wherever you listen to your podcast like all the links for Mariana and will be there. So you can like go check out our work. It's really awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much for being on this podcast, Mariana. Like so great to chat thank to you. you. <laughs> thank it you was, so much it, again for, for giving this opportunity, you know, um, because I'm, I started this, this business uh, last year. Um, again, compared to other big, uh, big names in this uh, industry, uh, I feel so little. So thank you once again. Uh, for giving this opportunity Rahul no worries at all no, it, was, it, was, it was great to have you here and like came across your work by accident and I really loved it and I thought wow this is really different so it's it good to have you on here and and great to chat to you thank you so much thank you